Welcome everybody to the WAC Men's Basketball Schedule Release Preview. I'm Kendra Sheehan, joined by Mike O'Donnell, ESPN Color Analyst. He called our WAC Basketball Championship game. Mike, we're so happy to have you on here and break down some key matchups as we release our conference schedule for the 2022-23 campaign. Yeah, well, thanks for having me. I was... Uh... An incredible experience last season. WAC Vegas was really off the charts. One of the best atmospheres I've been in. It was it was really incredible. I enjoyed it immensely. Hey, you had your first opportunity to be a part of WAC Vegas at the Orleans Arena. And this year, the party is just getting bigger. We have 13 teams this year, 12 teams make it to the WAC Basketball Tournament. We'll have two days at Mandalay Bay, and then we'll head back to the Orleans. So it should be a fun time and a lot of teams have the opportunity to make some waves in the postseason. No question. How good was the WAC last season? Even if you just take the conference as a whole, it's seven teams finish in the Ken Palm top 150 rankings. And six teams had at least 20 wins. I don't think the WAC gets enough credit for how good that they play in non-conference play, not just conference play. But once you get to the non-conference schedule, the conference play in the WAC, it's just an absolute fight for every game. So I expect another incredibly uh, competitive season this year for the WAC. It's a gauntlet when it comes to WAC play. And we have five key matchups that we highlighted as we released our men's basketball schedule. And so to, to start, I think we have to start where it basically ended. It was Abilene Christian taking on New Mexico State. This is a rematch of last year's WAC championship, the game that you called for our broadcast. And Abilene Christian had really been a Cinderella story type team the two years ago when they went to the NCAA tournament. They took down Texas at WAC Vegas. They win three three games in three days to make it to the championship. And then New Mexico State is just a perennial powerhouse. How do you think these two teams will stack up knowing that New Mexico State really has lost a majority of its key players? They have a new head coach in Greg Hire, and Things definitely will not be that same Aggie team that we've seen for the past couple of years. No question about it. I think those are all really good points. Uh, when you look at the job first that Adeline head coach Brett Tanner did last season, stepping in the role for the first time, was really good. Right? They were undersized, but they may have had the biggest heart out of any team in the WAC. Just a tremendous amount of grit. And they were, but they were 0-2 against New Mexico State. Obviously, they lost to them in the championship game, uh, but they lost to them once in the regular season as well. But the, the program is on the rise. There's a new multi-million dollar gym uh, that was just built on campus that is really going to be state-of-the-art, could be the gem of the WAC. And since they've made the jump to Division One, they've qualified for postseason four out of the last five eligible seasons. Wildcats have Joe Pleasant back. The offense is really good. But going into the reg uh, ending the regular season, they had the number one turnover margin in the country. Their defense is aggressive, it's physical, and it's incredibly annoying in the most complimentary way to describe that defense. So expect, uh, got a lot of pieces back coming back from that season. So uh, uh, the Wildcats are still going to be really good. And you mentioned it, new head coach Greg Heyer coming off a national championship at Northwest Florida State College in the junior college ranks. Teddy Allen's gone, Jabari Rice, McCants, McKinney, they're all gone, but they brought in a ton of talent in the offseason. They have two SEC transfers, Xavier Pinson 
and Dwan, Dwan Gordon. Pinson was the starting point guard at LSU, and Gordon was a Missouri starter. They have length, athleticism, quickness, and a trio of top 40 JUCO recruits. Names and faces will be different, but I think the talent will be just as good as the past couple of seasons for New Mexico State. Just how do you morph that culture? New coach, new system might take a little time to get going. Certainly, and they did have an opportunity to play in the Bahamas, a trip that I wish the WAC would have sent me to, but you got to see a little bit of their style. Greg Heyer wants them to play fast, quick, and he wants the guys to play multiple positions. So we could see a little bit different basketball than we have seen in the past under former head coach Chris Jans, who's now at Mississippi State. Another key matchup that I want to look at is Grand Canyon and California Baptist. Now, GCU won the series 2-0 last year, but you, you kind of look at – both of these teams and, and who they lost. And, and California Baptist is now officially eligible for the NCAA tournament. They finished their four-year transition period. Both teams really have a lot of transfers. Um, but I think that, you know, when you look at a team like GCU, they're always so fun. They're that team that has those flashy dunks. They've got all the guys that, that you know, make those big whack top play, plays that we see. I think Grand Canyon was in our whack top play package almost every week just from their flashiness. And they do return a lot of those same guys that, that have that ability to make those type of plays. And some of the best fans in the country, right? Uh, that, 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 that's fan section in the, in the WAC tournament. Uh, WAC Vegas for Grand Canyon was, was big time. Uh, but Coach Bryce Drew, it's no secret. I mean, he knows how to coach. He knows how to coach great offense as well. And I'm really excited to see not just the growth of Javon Blackshear. Average 15 a game last season, four assists. He's going to be in the running, not just for first team all whack, but potential player of the year candidate as well. But he's going to be paired with a transfer that I think forms one of the best scoring duos in the whack, and that's Rayshon Harrison, transfer from Presbyterian. Grand Canyon is still going to have plenty of talent on the offensive end. Can they stay consistently on the defensive end throughout the course of the season, you know, we're about to find out. But that scoring load for Blackshear, we thought that maybe he'd have to score 20, 25 a game. But now that you add in Rayshon Harrison, I think the offense is still going to be excellent. If the defense can catch up uh, 15, 20% to where they were uh, uh, last season, Grand Canyon's going to be that top four, top three threat uh, in the WAC. Just who's going to be that clear cut number two scoring threat? for Grand Canyon be really important. And Cal Baptist, I, I tell you, it's been one of my favorite teams to just scout. And, and they're uh, obviously Rick Croy, his offense is off the charts and huge, huge fan of Taron Armstrong's game. It was freshman of the year in the WAC. I call him the pistol P to the WAC. He's a top <laughs> three passer, not just in the WAC, but in all of college basketball, in my opinion, his vision is stellar. He's getting pro looks at the NBA level for how good of a passer and distributor he is. And then you have Joe Quintana, one of the best three-point shooters in the WAC. It's a really difficult offense to scout. Their defense must improve. This game, Kendra, might be in the 90s, maybe in the 100s, right? It's Grand Canyon, Cal Baptist, two teams that can score incredibly well. Uh, we'll see if the defense actually shows up, but that is a must-watch matchup if you love great offense. Certainly, and I think with Taron Armstrong having another year under his belt with the transfers, with the depth that they have this season, certainly a team to keep 
your eye on as the season will progress. And then we have Seattle U and Utah Valley. Seattle U is a team that they were co-regular season champions. We had three co-regular season champions last year, and then they got to the WAC tournament. It was kind of one and done. They were the two seed. They lost to ACU. I just don't think they really had a lot of momentum. They've got their head coach, Chris Victor, who took over just days before the season ended. That was a team that really just kind of fought through the year, had a lot of adversity, and then they come out and they pull a really high seed in the tournament. And Utah Valley, under head coach Mark Madsen, NBA all-star, incredible coach. He always puts together a good team. However, both teams really lose kind of their key guy. One for Utah Valley loses Fardaz Amac, and then um, for Seattle U, they lose uh, Darian Trammell. How do you think both these teams can come this season and rally around the guys that they have, in addition to the transfers that both of these teams brought in on the offseason? Yeah, I expect this game to be extremely close. Uh, both, both, both teams played each other last season twice, and each team winning at home, right? That's just telling you how close in talent and system that these two teams are. Uh, it's home team wins, right? You're just more comfortable at home. Just kind of backtracking real quick to what you previously talked about with head coach Chris Victor, uh, quietly, maybe the best coaching job of the season in the country was Chris Victor of Seattle. Just the difficult situation that he stepped into. They won 23 games. You mentioned Darian Trammell is gone. He transferred. So there are major question marks on the point guard position for Seattle, which is the most important position in college basketball. However, you still have Riley Grigsby and Cameron Tyson. In my opinion, Tyson is the deadliest three-point shooter in the WAC, and two other starters are returning. Still a lot of talent on the Seattle team. For Utah Valley, big key, and I'm not trying to be very obvious and cliche, is staying healthy. If Trey Woodbury and Justin Harmon are healthy, they form one of the best backcourts in the WAC, maybe a top three backcourt in the WAC. They also have, you know, in addition to Woodbury and Harmon, four, four starters are returning. And Woodbury, if he's healthy, he's a first-team all-whack-type player. He's a 6-4 mismatch problem. So uh, we know that guard play in this game is going to be everything. And if we're looking at what's the second stat that we're trying to pay attention to is who's going to be a disruptor on the defensive end. Whoever wins the turnover battle in this game, I think, ultimately prevails. But, again, you have two great coaches you still have a lot of talent returning for Seattle and Utah Valley. The biggest question mark for each team, what's the point guard situation for Seattle look like? And can Utah Valley stay healthy? Because if they can, they are, uh, they might be the dark horse in the whack this season. Certainly Utah Valley had one of the lower seeds in the tournament. They played in that first game at Mandalay Bay in our WAC tournament. And it was a surprise to, I think, some people. We kind of got a hint when we talked to Mark Madsen a little bit earlier that Trey Woodbury, who hadn't played all season, uh, decided to play, in, and they ended up playing in two games in the WAC tournament, decided to play in those two games. And so it's good to see him back and interesting to see how he'll play a role this season. Another key matchup will be the Texas school, Stephen F. Austin and Sam Houston, two incredibly good teams last year, two teams that lost, will lose a lot of guys. Steve, Stephen F. Austin losing Gavin Kensmill, Kevin Solomon, David Calgaries, or Sam Houston losing Savion Flagg, who was just an incredible dunk master last season. But I think both teams have a lot of potential to return to the top end of the WAC standings this season. 
Well, Stephen F. Austin has one of the best cultures, uh, game prep cultures in the country. I am a huge fan of how Kyler Keller, uh, their head coach, approaches practice and prep. I actually got to see them really early in the season last year at the Cancun Challenge. Um, where they made it to the championship game. This, uh, the, you know, if you take, obviously, Gavin Kensmeal was one of the all-time great players in Stephen F. Austin history. David Cackler is one of the all-time great point guards. They're gone. We know that. But the culture stays the same. Uh, they're not going to beat themselves. They're not going to turn the ball over. They're going to play incredibly physical and fast defense, and they are going to get up into you and try to get out and run and transition. You know that about Stephen F. Austin. So that's not going anywhere, but they still have a lot of those great role players back, right? Day Day Hall, Jalen Jackson Posey, Roti Ware, Latrell Giselle. That's a good core group. Can you add to that group? Ultimately, I think we might see a little bit of a different offense from Stephen F. Austin because so much of the offense ran through Ken's meal. So we'll see what that looks like this season for Coach Kyler Keller and the Lumberjacks. For Sam Houston State, I look at two things. Number one, Sam Houston State still doesn't get enough credit. They won 19 games last season, really kind of fell under the radar. They were 13 and five in conference play. Six seniors returning. This might be the most veteran group in the WAC, and that matters, especially mid to late in conference play of understanding how to fight their injuries, uh, embodying your culture, knowing exactly what you want from a scouting report standpoint. But the, uh, the addition of Wichita State transfer Kua Grant to Sam Houston State's roster is something that needs to be talked about. Lightning quick, got a ton of minutes at Wichita State, was one of the most underrated point guards in the American Conference last season and uh, operates extremely well in pick and roll type scenarios. The addition of Kua Grant, I mean, I, I could see Sam Houston State getting above that 19 win marker, potentially 20, 21 wins because I think Cuba Grant is a huge catalyst for that. Certainly, I think Sam Houston was at the top of our standings early on in WAC play, and not that people were surprised, but we talked about this before. Um, the writer for WAC Hoops Digest had tweeted, like, who would have thought Sam Houston would be at the top of the standings now, and Savion Flag had put a, you know, his emoji of his hand raised and tweeted, me, I did. So they, they know, and even though Savion Flag won't be there this year, they know what they have, and they always have you know, that underrated, really good team that, that people just don't give enough credit to. And our, our final matchup that I want to talk about is UTA taking on Tarleton. UTA, the team new to the WAC this year, coming from the Sun Belt with their second-year head coach, Greg Young, who's really been with the, the program for 14 years. I think what describes this team is if I kind of look at it, not knowing a whole lot about what this team brings to the table, is just like their grit. They seem like a really gritty team. They had six games in overtime last season that set a single season program record. There was a lot of turnover on the roster and I'm really excited to see what product that Greg Young puts out for this team this year. A lot of unknowns uh, and I think coach Greg Young would tell you that as well but they were up and down the Sun Belt last season but if you talk to any coach in the country uh, Greg Young was known for over a decade as one of the top assistant coaches in the Sun Belt and one of the top assistant coaches in college basketball, just is one of those staples of the game for a long time that just kind of flew under the radar. He finally got his shot as a head coach last season in the Sun Belt, and, and it, there were some rough patches, some positives, 
However, going into the WAC, it, it's a step up, right? It's more athletic. It, there's more talent. It's more physical than the Sun Belt is. But they bring in some talent that's going to be really interesting to follow. I look at Texas A&M uh, uh, transfer, who is a big-time mismatch guard, Aaron Johnson Cash. I, I really think he's going to be a great piece for UTA. They also bring in Taj Anderson. He was a JUCO All-American. So uh, Coach Young, he has his team set of where you know he's going to make some adjustments on both ends of the floor, offensively and defensively. He's going to have to. But he's adding in more talent to this team. So I, I think UTA is going to surprise. You might, you might see a few surprise wins from UTA. Tarleton under head coach Billy Gillespie. They're a team that – Went 599 in conference play last year, but they just, they're really struggling to, to find their identity. Would that be an assessment that you would agree, agree with? Yeah, Tarleton, the one thing, if you're talking identity, it's they can defend. They held Gonzaga to 64 points last season. Gonzaga was one of the best, if not the best, offensive team in the country. Held them to 64 and they only lost by nine. That's their calling card. Can they add any type of offense to their season this season? So we know they're going to defend, they're going to lock you up, and they're going to be, uh, from a scouting report standpoint, they're going, to be they're going to be totally locked in. We're still trying to figure out who this team is, right? Early in conference play last season, they beat Sam Houston State and Stephen F.A., two of the top teams in the, in the WAC, in back-to-back -back games, then they lost four in a row and just never saw the offense had any type of consistency. Coach Gillespie is a wild card, right? We know he can coach. We know he can recruit. Can he add in uh, an increased offensive capacity to a talented team that is going to come down the stretch, get better over the course of the season? Kendra, you, you've been watching basketball for a long time. If your calling card and staple is defense, that carries on throughout the course of the season is can you stack on some offensive skill sets on top of that? So that's what we're going to need to watch out for two kind of unknown teams, right? Going head to head here. This is kind of like the wild card game of we're going to really figure out of what each team looks like, what their calling card is going to be and how they're going to progress throughout the course of the season. This is going to be an interesting game to watch. Certainly, I think we broke down several interesting matchups for you all to look out for as the WAC men's basketball season comes upon us soon. Thank you so much, Mike O'Donnell, ESPN color commentator, for joining us and helping break down some of these awesome matchups. We hope to see you in WAC Vegas this year. Looking forward to it. Thank you for having me. You can head to our website, WACsports.com, for our full schedule release. And we can't wait. Basketball season will be here before you know it. We'll